Today is one of those days that you're just waiting for the shoe to drop and the weather to change and the weather is upon us and so it's beautiful. It's a good thing that it's, it's not sticking to the road so we can really enjoy the, the white scenery out there. This morning I want to just start, before I get into the um, sermon this morning, I want to just point out something very beautiful and I didn't take a very good picture of it, but it's from my phone. But I wanted to point out, because the children are with us this morning, is that if you have not been down there to check out the children's rooms and just to see what we've done down there and just some cool things such as this. This is one of the things that um, Diane uh, Quillen was here earlier. I thought I was wondering why she was here. Well, she got her hour wrong, and so she came an hour early. Anyway, she had done, and I was hoping to honor her this morning, but we'll do it through Mike. But she had made this tree and spent a lot of time on it, and then Angel came in and put up these pictures of all our kids that are involved in our super church. And so just thank them for that. But also we're doing things in the nursery. So I just really encourage you to go check it out. Some of the things that we are doing is we really want to focus on that area. And we want to give honor to our children. And as my children, if you could turn on the lights for me in the sanctuary. As my kids were um, saying, is this first Sunday, Dad? And I thought they had great anticipation of their dad getting to preach. And they're like, shucks, I wanted to go to Sunday school. So that's good and bad for me. The good part is they enjoy Sunday school. The bad part is I don't know what they think about their dad as a preacher. So we'll see how they do this morning. As you know, this morning we had kind of hit off in a couple weeks ago. We talked about intentional community. And one of the things that we really feel is really important for us as a church at Cornerstone is that we have relationships and we have deep relationships. And one of the things that as we got together about a, almost a month ago, not quite that long, my dates are getting mixed up, but we got together and there was one reoccurring theme throughout the whole thing as we were looking at core values, and it was relationships. And then one other thing about relationships is they had to be authentic, They had to be genuine, honest, on and on these words go. And you're looking at this, and I'm looking at these values that our church holds. Mike, this is really important for us. And so we're going to be rolling those out within the next month in January. But then it began to stir in my heart something that is so real and something is so true is that we are longing for community. But we can't do this thing called community on our own. I can't just will to jump into your space, and I definitely don't want you to jump into my space, without something that gives us a common ground. And so the first week I talked about, or or Pastor Kathy talked about intentional community, the second week was common ground, and then our common ground was through Jesus Christ and the substitution of, that He made upon the cross for us. And I've often said this lots of times, is that if we were to be really honest with one another, and if we were to sit down over supper, or sit down over over coffee, whatever we're doing, and I just begin to talk to you about my hobby, and what I like, and then you talk about your hobby and what you like, we may not have the best conversation. Does that make sense? 
But if we talk about the one common ground that we do have, and that is Jesus Christ, I could talk to you all day long. That is what our intentional community is all about. It's centered around one person. And as we have just went through one of the greatest seasons of our life through the political processes that our nation is divided, and even people within the church are divided, and I think it's time for us to just to come back and say, what is our one common ground? What is it? And it is Jesus Christ. He transcends race. He transcends political party. He transcends gender. He transcends all things because of the cross and His substitution on the cross. And then last week we talked about the expected Holy Spirit. And I cannot have true community with you, and you cannot have true community with me outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. And we looked at Acts 2. And He came, and when He came, they were united in one thing. And remember I talked about how uh, the, the Tower of Babel just for a moment was when all the people came together. And really they were supposed to be dispersed, multiplying But they came together and then God sent confusion upon them and then they they were spread out. It was the curse of Babylon, or Babel, the curse. But then we see in Acts 2, 3, and 4 that the church came together. When the Holy Spirit fell, the Holy Spirit gave them a language. And it was the language of the nations. And so everybody that was there on that day of Pentecost, they heard the gospel in their own language. And what happened was something very unique is that God brought the nations together and He spoke to them in one language through the Holy Spirit. And ever since then, the body of Christ has been growing leaps and bounds. And so we saw that it was the waited, the promise, the Holy Spirit to come. And this morning, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit again and what He is And what Jesus said He is. If you're like me, I grew up, I was saved in a Pentecostal church. We ran the aisles. We we hung from the chandeliers. We were a good southern Pentecostal church. That's where I cut my teeth as a young, young believer. And I would not trade those days for anything. Why? Because I would show up a a former drug addict that was messed up. I would show up on the scene in my work and God was so at work in my life. The Holy Spirit was so powerful working that we would begin to talk about Jesus. I was messed up, folks. I mean, I had a bald hair, head, uh, three earrings, A tattoo, so much so in my church, nobody talked to me for about six or eight months. (laughs) Anyway, that's another story. But I would begin to talk about Jesus. And I begin to talk about Jesus with a co-worker. And you see, down south, we didn't have Catholics, Lutheran, well, we did have Episcopalians, but we had Baptists. And we had Pentecostals. That's really all you had. So I was working with this Baptist kid and I was on fire for Jesus. The Holy Spirit was working in my life. 
And all of a sudden, we were talking about Jesus and I could tell He was cold. And all of a sudden, this feeling just starts overwhelming me. And tears begin to fill my eyes and I'm feeling the power of the Spirit. And here's this Baptist kid and he doesn't really know what to do. And I said, do you feel that? And he said, yeah, I feel that. And I said, that's Jesus. He's with us. He's amongst us. So, you know, when we start talking about the Holy Spirit, which isn't very popular in the church today because it gets weird. I don't want to get weird on you this morning. And I won't, but I hope we get a little weirder. Because this is boring. I came to love Jesus. I came to worship Him. I came to know Him. And I came to fellowship with you in that way. And so I think about the Holy Spirit and I've seen the abuses of the Holy Spirit. I've seen people touched and ministered to and then they go out and they they eat and then by the time they're done eating, the waitresses are flipping them off. And I'm like, this can't be happening because I saw it with my own eyes. And I'm like, how could it be that we are the people of God filled with the Spirit and acting like this? And then I began to look and just ask Jesus to come and fill me again and again and again with His Holy Spirit. You see, in in the bulletin you'll see we have Right Now Media and I was talking about The Forgotten God by Francis Chan. And I watched his video again. It was on the theology of the Holy Spirit. And he, he said something that I, I hold true and we hold true at this church is that we don't want man's opinion. And I try so often to stay away from my own opinions and on what I think the Scripture says and I just go back to the text. And so really what I could do for you this morning is just read the text and go on. Because it's enough. And what Francis Chan was talking about is that we need to leave man's opinion aside And we need to see what Jesus says about the Holy Spirit. And so if you could go to John 14, and I'm going to read a lot lot of Scriptures, and I want to go through the Scriptures very fast this morning. Because we do have children among us, and I don't want them throwing things at me. So, it says this, I will ask the Father... And He will give you a helper. That He may be with you forever. That is the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see Him or know Him. But you know Him because He abides with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see Me. But you will see Me because I live. You will live also. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. There's a lot of I and me in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and will disclose myself to him. And I want to stop there just for a moment. And I want to talk about this word, helper. And it all depends on what translation you have this morning. But it says this, it's the helper, 
He will come. I will go and I will send another helper to you. If you think about what we did this morning, communion, the Passover meal, this scripture comes from that very time when the, the disciples, they were had to be distraught. Because the very Jesus whom they thought was going to be the King of kings, the Lord of lords, was telling them that He was going to die and suffer a death. And I can just imagine the disciples sitting there in sorrow and wondering what the future held. And that's when Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit and this Helper. And this word Helper here is Advocate, Intercessor, One called alongside to help or Comforter. That's what the Holy Spirit is. He is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see Him or know Him, but you know Him because He abides with you and will be in you. And it kind of gets confusing in the text here a little bit when it says He he abides with you and He will be in you. And it kind of, you're like, well, what are you talking about, Jesus? Jesus. And when he says this, he abides with you, the one, the helper, the advocate. I believe that Jesus is talking about himself here. Because the Holy Spirit hasn't come in fullness yet. And so we look and it goes along with the the scripture in 1 John 2 verse 1. The same word that is used here for the helper is if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ the righteous. And so if we sin, we have a helper. One who stands in our place. One who has sacrificed his life that we may be pure and clean. He is our righteousness. And then it says, He will be in you. And I think this is very important. Is that we must realize that the Holy Spirit has come to dwell in us. And we talk about the kingdom of God, right? I'm teaching on that on Wednesday nights. And Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. The smallest seed. But when you plant that mustard seed, it becomes a tree. So much a tree that even the birds can nest on that tree. And the Holy Spirit has come to live in us. And to guide us and be the truth for us. In verse 18 through 20, it says, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. You see, as for the world, it it had seen Him during the public ministry and it would see Him again for a short time during His trial, crucifixion, but not after that. After that, He would be visible to faith alone. So how is it that Jesus says that I came, I go, but the Holy Spirit will be in you. The world will not see me, but you will see me. You will know me. And I was looking at the Scripture in the text and then I was wondering, and maybe this is a question for you this morning, have you ever wondered why you feel so strongly about Jesus while the world shakes their heads in disbelief of our absolute faith in Christ? Have you thought about that? 
Have you thought about that when somebody comes to shake your faith and there's something about, something that wells up inside of you and says, I know Jesus. And I want to share with you that that is the Holy Spirit residing within you. And you see, if I could exchange something this morning, something of greater pleasure and something of greater power, is that I would ask the Lord just to pour out His Spirit upon us again. And that we would actually be revived. And here's the deal, folks. We're so worried about the world being revived. We're so worried about other churches getting in the mix and getting in, doing the things of Jesus, and we forget to look at ourselves and wonder, are we revived? Is the Holy Spirit really working in us and through us to change this world we live in? Or are we just sitting back and doing nothing? You see, verse 21 through 24, it says this, He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him, and I will disclose myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my my Father will love him. And I will come to him and make our abode with him. And he who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me. There's something about this. That every one of us, we must look and take an evaluation a test of our lives, and are we really doing the things of Jesus? Are we really in love with Him? Are we really doing what Christ has called us to do? And it says if you do, that our abode will be with that person. And that word abode, let's just read it like this. It says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my Father will love him and and we will come to him and make our residence with him. And it goes back to what Jesus said at the very beginning in verse 16. That He may be with you forever. Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit, wants to make His residence in your heart. And when He says, I will not leave you as orphans, I thought about the song that we sang this morning, and out of our mother's womb you have called me. And I think about Jeremiah. How in his mother's womb the Lord had, had, had chosen him. And I want to tell you this morning that if you are here this morning, whether you know Jesus or not, He has chosen you from your mother's womb. And you see, the world wants to say, maybe you're not worth much. And I will say, your arch enemy, Satan, will tell you that you're not worth much. But God has come and He sent a comforter. To help you and to walk alongside you. In the verse 26 through 27. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Peace I leave leave with you, my peace 
I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. And as a young believer, in my early days, I was beginning to wonder, Lord, how can I be sustained? How can I remember all that you're teaching me? How can I know what you're saying? And then I, re- I memorized this scripture. That was probably my first scripture that I memorized. Is but the help of the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. I'm like, I'm okay. I'm okay. And I want to encourage you this morning that whatever Jesus has taught you over the years or is teaching you now, that it is going to stick because of the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, and then we can go to Isaiah 30 if you want to turn your Bibles there. Verses 18 through 22, and then I'll go to Jeremiah. These are such important scriptures. And so it says this in Isaiah 30, and if you can't go there quick enough, it's on the screen. It says, Therefore the Lord longs to be gracious to you, and therefore He waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are all those who long for Him. O people in Zion, inhabitant in Jerusalem, you will weep no longer. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When He hears it, He will answer you. Although the Lord has given you bread of privation and water of oppression, He, your teacher, will no longer hide Himself. But your eyes will behold your teacher. If you are like me, I have never seen Jesus. Right? Can we all be in agreement with that? Now, has He come to me? Yes. Do I know Him very intimately? Yes. But it says your eyes will behold your teacher. Then it says this in verse 21. Your ears will hear a word behind you. This is the way. Walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right or to the left, and you will defile your graven images overlaid with silver and your molten images plated with gold, you will scatter them as an impure thing and say to them, Be gone. You see, the Holy Spirit is God's voice to us. That we will hear Him and say, This is the way to go. And so I want to just help you this morning. If you are seeking direction from the Lord, that He is there to give it to you. He is there to speak to you. And He longs for you to hear His voice. And then Jeremiah 31, 31 31-34. And I'll try to hurry. It says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, and they are here, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers in the day I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. But this is the covenant which I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within their hearts. I will write it. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. 
They will not teach again each man his neighbor and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their sins and their iniquities and their sin I will remember no more. I believe this is both present and future. And you see, God has written His law on our hearts. And God has shown us the way to Himself. And God wants to pour, about, pour on us His Spirit. That we may know Him. And then at the end of that Isaiah Scripture says, You will, you will get rid of your images. And there's something about the power of the Spirit when it truly, when somebody turns their heart to Christ and their lives are changed and they forsake the world and they are following Him. If you go to John 15, verse 26 through 27, and I'm trying to get us acquainted with the Holy Spirit and so often we describe the Holy Spirit as it, but that's not the way Jesus ever described the Holy Spirit. He always referred to the Holy Spirit as He. So He's not just out there. And I have to be honest with you this morning. I believe that theology is so important. And I also believe that the Spirit is so important. And when you kiss those two together, you have a marvelous thing. But so often the church goes one way or the other. You've got the, the ultra-conservatives or the ultra-wacky. And I want to avoid the ultra-wacky. I'm telling you the truth. And I also want to avoid this side, the ultra-conservative. But some of the guys that I like and read and they get my theology from, these guys believe that the Holy Spirit has ceased to move. That it was done on the day of Pentecost. Now, I like them because of their sound doctrine. But when it comes to this area, I'm like, wait, wait, you, you're off on this area. Not that I know everything, but I have experienced something much different. And so when I think about the Holy Spirit and the need for Him to be in our lives, I look for the experience and the power of Him to come. So verse 26 says this, When the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, that is the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, He will testify about Me, and you will testify also, because you have been with Me from the beginning. And we see when the Holy Spirit fell in Acts, and Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be My witnesses. And outside of the Holy Spirit, we lack the ability to truly witness about who Christ is. Without the power of the Spirit, when we share Christ with others, it's almost powerless. And so I want us to take inventory this morning and ask, when was the last time that you shared Jesus with somebody? And then when was the last time that that Jesus message had an effect on somebody's life? And if it has been a while, I would ask you to go back and ask Jesus to pour upon you the Holy Spirit. And ask Him to use you mightily because the world needs us. 
And you see, I was thinking about this again, this sermon, as I have to think about it. And I thought about anything in life. Jesus is telling the disciples something. And He's saying, be prepared. This is coming. But if you are like me, I've sit under teaching. And I've heard some good teaching before we went to Turkey. God prepared us through a marvelous teacher and through class. And all this good stuff preparing you for those first years of ministry overseas. And then I was thinking I was at the Reach House, which is what Christ the Rock does. And it's about eight or nine young people getting ready to do something really cool and go to the nations. And as I was talking with them and we were sitting on our comfortable couches. And so really it was funny because by the third hour you're about to fall asleep. Even the teacher. I'm like, oh. But I told them this. I said, I'm going to tell you some priceless things. But I'm going to tell you this much that you're not going to remember anything I said to you. But the Holy Spirit will come to you. And when you get into those tough times and those tough situations, the Holy Spirit is going to bring back to remembrance all that you were taught. And for the days ahead, whatever they look like, we are going to need the power of the Spirit to do this thing called church. And then we go on to John 16. And it says this in verse 7. But I tell you the truth, it is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send Him to you. And He when He comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in Me. And concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see Me. And concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. And I want to share a scripture with you from John 3. We know for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But then Jesus goes on and says something even greater. It says, For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through Him. He who believes in Him is not judged. He who does not believe has been judged already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. This is judgment, that the light has come into the world. And men love the darkness rather than the light. And for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to light so that his deeds may be manifested as having been wrought in God. And the key word here is convict. It is a legal word that means to bring to light, to expose, to refute, to reprove, and convince. The Holy Spirit has come to convince the world that they need Jesus. And I will confess to you this morning that we live in a political correct world. We are afraid to share Jesus with we are afraid to share Jesus with anybody anymore. But I'm telling you, the world has already been convicted. The judgment seat has already been set. 
And it is going to be a reality. And if we are not letting the power of the Holy Spirit work in us, judgment awaits the people. How indifferent we have become to the truth. How indifferent we have become that there is a world that does not know the Jesus that you know. And so you better believe I get passionate. You better believe that I have something in me that gets worked up when I see our indifference to why we're even here. And Jesus says this, I have more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own initiative, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take of Mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say that He takes of mine and will disclose it to you. And I want you to know of your greatest need is for the Holy Spirit to be ruling and reigning in your life. And I want you to know this. The Holy Spirit does not speak on His own. And the Holy Spirit does not glorify Himself. This is the unique thing. I've seen the Holy Spirit come upon men and women, and it always, and some, not always, but it comes, it comes to be, how do I, I'm tongue tied, help me, Holy Spirit. It comes to where it's the glory is on the person and the individual and the ministry. And how often we forget that it's the power of the Spirit working in the lives of His people. So if the worship team could come this morning. And I want you to stay seated while they prepare. And five things that we have learned, because if I didn't do a good job, I'll I'll just settle this with you right now. Now, five things that we have learned about the Holy Spirit is that He and no other will teach the disciples everything. And He will bear witness to Christ. He will expose the world's error. He will guide the disciples in the way of all truth. And He will glorify Christ on the earth. As I was reading this morning, you guys all know Saul, right? Everybody knows the story of Saul. And Saul was one that was just out there tending, looking for donkeys, and he was called into the kingdom. And God says this to Saul. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily. And you shall prophesy with them and be changed into another man. You hear this. He will come upon you mightily. And you will be changed into another man. If you could stand with me this morning. And I have a question for you. Is your life the same as it was before you came to Christ?
Is your life any different than it was a year ago or two years ago? See, it can't, the, the Bible says, Jesus says, the Holy Spirit is the comforter. He is our joy. And He is our peace. And without Him, we really can't experience the kingdom of God. And I would challenge you this, that we need to again ask the Holy Spirit to come upon us and to change us so that we can be like Jesus Christ. You see, this is our common ground. We cannot do community without the power of the Spirit. So this morning... All the elders are gone except one and Pastor Kathy, which is an elder. And me and my wife, we want to pray for you guys this morning. But as we sing this song this morning, we're going to be declaring and asking for the Holy Spirit to come again. And if you are lacking joy, peace, or comfort, we want to pray to you, and it's in faith, that God will come once again. And revive our hearts for His kingdom and for others. So Lord Jesus, as we look to You this morning, I wish there was something I could say or something that I could do, Lord. But Your Word has been spoken and Your Word is perfect. And You choose ordinary people to share an extraordinary Gospel. And You do it by the power of Your Spirit. So would you come? Come, Holy Spirit. Speak to us this morning as we declare this song. May we be revived. May you revive us, Lord, to witness again for you. And to have effectiveness in our world. And I ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.